Nate just joins us. Let's him bring him into the conversation. Mr. Zelinsky, were you being tied up on your tournament event? I was not. I, I called it at 956. I don't know what the deal was. <laughs> well, I had maybe, you know, Ty is filling in for um filling in this week and maybe when he was our regular before you you made him mad or something <laughs> exactly but i'm not i'm not going to question ty's judgment he knows what he's doing <laughs> <laughs> i'm here that's what matters we're good hey we're going to talk about a lot of things i know you got an event going on we want to talk about ice fishing opportunities this cold weather is going to keep them going we and i don't know i know you guys don't fish it very much but we did have uh, a texture asking about conditions and what we're hearing about aurora reservoir it, yeah you know it's funny dustin is just out there this week dustin spent a ton of time out there matt inley spent a ton of time out there uh i wish that i had talked to him in the last couple of days to know the current report uh i unfortunately do not get out there at all i will not lie but i know guys are catching a lot of fish i know the walleye bite is hot I just don't know what portions of the lake are, are fishable in the conditions of the ice, but I do know that the walleye bite is hot and guys are catching a lot of fish out there. Well, and, you know, Roar is a little different. It, it's deeper, colder, clearer than our other front range lakes. I used to fish it a lot when I lived down by Cherry Creek Reservoir, and now that I'm up in Fort Collins, I don't get down there, but I can pass on a little bit of information from, and this is not from being out there this year, folks. This is from my past. But one presentation that really worked well at Aurora because the forage base is different out there and the depth of water that the fish occupy and the habits and the mix of fish that uh, I always had an active presentation like I always do. But boy, a jig and a minnow or a minnow on a dead stick uh, was just a a great presentation out there because it would get the walleyes, it would get trout. And if the larger perch were around, I could really get into a number of those perch and other panfish. Do you know if they've used any minnows out there at all, Nate? You know, I know that as of 10 days ago, two weeks ago, the last report I had, it was all about glide bait. So it was the you know, jigging wraps, pika minnows. Um, it was all about those gliding jigging wraps style baits. Um, and I know that perch color was the hottest color. I know guys were tipping those on the middle treble hook uh, on that like jigging wrap style bait with a minnow head. I know that's how it was working about 10 days ago. Um, it just seems like there's been a, a drastic increase um in fish activity in about the last five days again uh so i know that sitting on the top of contour changes with those glide style baits has been for sure the technique in the last five days um it's more so i don't know about the whole ice conditions uh aurora takes an influx of water um you know basically from piping systems and that's what really makes that ice conditions change out there so i just don't want to give misleading information on the ice conditions uh but i just know it's the glide bait perch pattern uh, that is catching a pile of walleye. Yeah, I would be extremely careful and check the ice with a spud bar. And if you're in the bays, uh, you should be okay, but be careful. But um, with this cold weather we've got coming, uh, I would think that there should be good fishable ice for a while out there, but certainly that's not a guaranteed check it. Let's talk about what you what you are doing. Are you at one of your events, Nate? I'm not, Terry. This is our one weekend off. It's the annual Three Lakes event, uh, so we kind of do it. We, we basically have ran multiple events straight. Uh, we take one weekend off, and then we have three events back to back to back. Uh, so this is our one weekend off, so it is nice, Terry. We, uh, the whole team's off. A lot of guys are guiding, uh, and, yeah, we are just basically regrouping. So next weekend we head back to Utah uh, to our Vernal event, which is Steinecker Reservoir. 
that's probably one of our most anticipated events as far as fish catching. Um, it is not uncommon for us to see 350 to 400 fish hit the scale in a four-hour time period. So it is insane for fish catching. So we're there this coming Saturday. Uh, and we talked to a lot of anglers about that because that's probably our most attended event from Colorado residents in Utah. It is basically just 30, 40 miles over the border uh, into Utah. So we see a lot of Colorado anglers just wanting to kind of get out uh, and experiment fishing Utah. So we're excited about that. So again, that's in Vernal, uh, basically the northwest corner of Colorado, jump the border and you hit Steinecker. Um, Steinecker is it's a reservoir that's been, you know, established for many, many years. Uh, but in about the last five years, they basically rebuilt it. So they they did a full drainage. They did a fish kill. Um, they did a restocking, kind of rebuilt the park a little bit. Um, so it's fairly new waters. Uh, and much that comes with new waters is very much like when you do a, a Lake John rebuild. Um, fishing tends to be hot. So great genetics of trout. Uh, primary species is going to be rainbows, but we get browns. We get, you know, Know, big giant bluegills, uh, crappies, so all kinds of panfish mixed with a, an unbelievable population of trout. Uh, so we're excited about that. Then we have our private event. A lot of people ask questions about this because they'll see little tidbits in the public. Uh, we host a great big corporate event uh, on February 11th, so we'll be doing that tied up. That's about a 200-person event. Um, and then we go to Grand Lake for our finale on February 18th, um, and that's just such a unique event. And uh, that big event there at Grand Lake is actually the A&A Topper event, uh, which, again, is a partner of the show, so we're excited about that one. So, yeah, we have the weekend off and crazy events coming up after that. Um, so we just want to take today and kind of talk about ice conditions. We want to talk about flush a little bit um, and then just talk about, yeah, what we can do to help our listeners catch more fish while they're getting out there. Okay, before we get into that, I want to make a mention of ANA because they've been a, they are the longest running partner, I, I believe, on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And not only do they partner with our show, but they are so active in the outdoors, helping things like Pheasants Forever, Ducks Unlimited, they're at all the shows. They're helping you, and they've partnered with virtually every every fishing uh, personality you hear on the show has been partnered with them. They really give a lot to the outdoor community, Nate. A hundred percent, Terry. And I, I think that not just that, they, they align themselves with their passion, which is the outdoors. Um, so I think that's huge. And I think that they take care of people. That's the biggest thing. I mean, I don't know anybody who has ever gone in there and not felt that they had a great experience. I mean, they are right on top of things as far as price. So you're going to go in there. You're going to get the best price around, hands down, uh, on any of the things that you're looking for, which we'll talk about here in a second. So pricing is huge. Hospitality is huge. Timing is is great. So I think everything that they do as far as a business, not even just that we're pushing it to sportsmen, but they do as a business, um, is fantastic. And then, again, the fact that we're all outdoorsmen, they're outdoorsmen, it just kind of aligns you know, very nicely. And we talk about that. I think everybody hears a and a topper, um, you know, two locations, but it's not just toppers. I mean, you look at me, I don't have a topper on my truck. I am active use of the bed of my truck. I tow a gooseneck trailer. Um, but when you look at, at, you know, my truck, for example, you know, our, our kind of our flagship of that, uh, big F three fifty. 
everything on that truck is from them. So airbags for towing, they install. And I have to say their installation team is second to none. I mean, there's times where, you know, it's an option to get stuff other places, but I want them to install it. You know, even things that I could do myself, their wiring, their installation is the best in the industry. So like on my truck, it is front bumper, it's winches, it's a light bar, it's lighting underneath for accessories. It's my fog lights. It's, you know, again, my seat covers, my all the way down to, you know, basically the, the mud flaps on the truck. Everything associated with my truck accessory-wise is done there at a and Topper, and they just do such a great job um, of making sure it's the right stuff for you and, and getting it in there right. I couldn't agree more. Okay, where's uh, what's going on in ice fishing in Colorado? You know, geez louise, Terry, the, the ice on the front range, you know, we talk about this all the years, and, I mean, the last couple we've had really good ice conditions, uh, but there's years where the reservoirs never even freeze. Um, I think the front range ice, we always get ice. It's just a matter of how much ice, how long does it last, and all of that type thing. I measured the ice down kind of on the southwest arm of Chatfield the other day, and we are now super- suppressing that, that, that 12 inches. So we are at that 13 inches of ice on that south arm. Um, you know, we're 8, 9 inches on most of the lake. The, the ice at Chatfield is fantastic. The ice at Cherry Creek is fantastic. You know, smaller fisheries, Bear Creek is as that 10 inches plus. Um, our ice conditions are continuing to be spectacular on the front range. So as much as I want to talk about the kokanee bite at 11 mile and the pike and the trout and everything else, why we have this ice on the front range, I think that's one thing that we really have to talk about is, again, it's not all years that we have such great ice on the front range. So make sure you take advantage, whether you're walleye fishing, whether you're trout fishing, whether you're catching bass, which not all years we have ice kind of on the bigger bodies of water on Chatfield where we can target bass. Um, so those bites are all going on strong. So I think we should touch base on that. And then I want to give some helpful hits on dealing with slush. A lot of that, Williams Fork, Granby, we got a lot of slush appearing up in those bodies of water. Uh, so great ideas on, on how to handle that. Well, take us through it, my friend. All right, so on the slush idea, i got to talk about that because I had a lot of anglers avoiding going up into the mountains because uh, of that. Not all the mountain fisheries have slush, but again, you look at the Williams Fork or, or the Grambys, those are the two that are probably starting to see slush the most. Um, number one, when I go to like a Williams Fork to deal with a slush, when you talk to ice anglers and you mention snowshoes, people immediately put up a red flag and they're like, I am not dealing with that. But at the end of the day, when you throw on a pair of snowshoes, you don't have to have snowshoes for going through the biggest, deepest powder in the world. You know, you don't need 36 inch snowshoes, just a smaller snowshoe that's going to kind of widen out that footprint and you will not sink into that snow you won't sink into that slush so when i'm going to those places where i might have to take a longer walk like williams fork um i'm throwing on a small pair of snowshoes and it is unbelievable how it is a dream to walk on i'm packing the snow i'm not dipping into the slush and then my sled following me is not dipping into the slush that's probably the biggest thing so as i drag sleds out there and drag ice shacks with me as long as i pack that snow as i'm walking my sled stays right on my pack tracks and it is super easy walking so if you're going to go somewhere slush think about uh, an inexpensive pair of snowshoes it makes a night and day difference of walking of dragging of not having wet boots 
um, it is absolutely huge. And then on the fisheries where I'm taking snowmobiles out, whether it's Green Mountain, whether it's Granby, um, when I'm taking a snowmobile out there, I keep hearing all these stories of people getting stuck at the Three Lakes tournament that's going on right now as we speak. Uh, a lot of anglers are talking about that. If you have a snowmobile out there and it's not a big mountain sled, you, know, you have a, a traditional touring-type snowmobile, when you pull up to a spot, pull up to your spot, you know, be using your GPS, but when you pull up to your spot, continue on, make a loop. So I make paths as I come up to stop when I'm in really slushy conditions, especially if I don't have a, a larger mountain snowmobile. So when you pull up to your spot, make a couple loops. So I pull up on the GPS, instead of stopping, turning the sled off, letting it cool, let it sink, just make a couple paths to where you pack down a nice, nice trail to and from your spot and then swing back around and then park on your existing tracks. Once it's packed down, you will not have issues getting stuck, you know, letting the snowmobile cool and drop into that slush. So just on your approaches in those slushy conditions, make sure you think about those little things. Build some paths coming in. takes two seconds to make a little loop real quick. Park on your existing tracks, and it is a big difference um, of a great day on the ice and an exhausting, not as much fun day on the ice. So just think about those two things on some of those mountain-type fisheries. Um, again, it'll make a lot more of your day out there. All right, let's take it back. We've got about two, three minutes. Let's take it back to the front range. Where would you go fishing in the next few days? You know, Jay, so whether you're going to go to Chatfield, Aurora, you know, Cherry Creek, any of these fisheries, I want to talk about building a plan. So that walleye bite, some days it is that low light period. So no matter what, if you're walleye fishing, the low light period is going to be your peak early in the day, late in the day. So, you know, an hour or two before the sun comes up, an hour or two after the sun goes down, um, and you're catching fish in the morning. Afternoon, same thing. You know, get out there at that 3.30, you know, 4 o'clock, fish until an hour after dark, you're going to catch walleye. Some days, I had a great day at Chatfield the other day where the fish bit all day. We were able to get out there, uh, started in the morning. When I left at, you know, 10 o'clock, 11, the walleyes were still going strong. But I, I can't say that you can count on those days all the time. But with that being said, plan out your days, especially with the walleye concept being low light. Um, I'm trying to make more time when I'm on the water. So I hit the walleye in those peak times, right at that twilight hour. But if I'm going to stay out there all day, I'm then switching to either trout, switching to perch, switching to bass, um, the bass, the panfish, um, the trout, they will feed all day long. So I more want to talk to anglers about building a plan. You know, instead of just sitting on your walleye grounds and hoping maybe one will come through, make the most of your day and catch a lot of fish. So when you get out there, if it's a morning time, hit the walleye for those first couple hours. When they fade out, move to the mud flat and find those big schools of those perch. Move to the top of a flat near a weed edge where those trout are cruising through. Move to deep water structure where those bass are feeding, but you can go out to a fishery like Chatfield right now. You can have, uh, you know, in the hours of a six, seven hour day on the ice, you can target and be very successful on three or four species, really increasing your odds of, a, of an amazing day on the ice. We're doing that with a lot of our guide trips. We're picking two species. We're doing walleyes for three hours and then bass for three hours or walleye for two, three hours and then perch. Um, so we've been doing a lot of kind of those crossover guide trips, and it's just a lot of fun to switch it up, you know, catch multiple species, really fill the freezer and that type of thing and having some great days on the ice, Terry. Well, one of the things we used to do for the evening walleye bite, and I know you do this a lot, is we pre-drill the holes where we think the walleyes are going to show up to feed. Now, you have to do your homework, so you have some ideas, and we drill maybe five to ten holes across a, a piece of structure at different depths, 
But then we'd leave that alone and go trout and panfish fishing and come back to those just as we were getting to that time so we weren't disturbing those fish by drilling over them when the bite started. Do you still that, do that? That is absolutely a, a huge concept because if you drill on top of those fish right in those peak twilight hours, it's pretty easy to scare the shad and then therefore scare the walleyes off and really decrease your odds. So I, I couldn't have said it more. Pre-drilling those holes out to where you have that plan is absolutely crucial. I always pick one species to be kind of my primary, which is like the walleye, and then I kind of ta- tailor off on the other species after that. But having those holes pre-drilled is huge. I see it every day when I'm out there, morning and evening, to where angles will show up right at like the, the sun up or right at the sundown drill holes and they'll, you know, they'll scale their fish away, but not only they'll scare some of my fish away if they're too close. So, so having that concept of timing and when you're drilling those holes is a huge, huge way uh, to increase your odds on the, on the water or decrease your odds of that. If you're the one doing those holes, we are out of time. My friend, we're going to let you go. If people want more information, tight line outdoors. That's it. Think about coming to Steinecker next week if you want to try a new fisheries. If not, make sure you get signed up for Grand Lake right now. Again, go to tightlineoutdoors.com, watch our Facebook page for more ice conditions. Uh, Yeah, I can't wait to see everybody on the water. All right, we will talk to you next week. All right, Nate, thank you.